Welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. There's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a good one for you today. Um, normally, I'll be honest, normally I air my episodes in order I record them. <clears throat> this one, I, I'm... Well, I just did four episodes in six days, um, which doesn't sound like much, but it is a lot. Uh, it's, you know, there's more to it than just drinking and talking. I mean, not much more, but there is more to it uh, than that. Um, today's guest uh, brought to me courtesy of my friend and former guest of the show, Gary Michelli, um, <clears throat> is uh, one of his friends and a comedian, impressionist, uh, Roger Kabler. Um, he is touring. He actually has a show in New York uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. If you're in that area, check it out. Uh, he does have other dates uh, on his Facebook. Uh, everything will be linked below in the show notes. Um, it's a Robin Williams tribute show uh, is what he does. He also has a movie uh, that we talk about called Being Robin, which you can purchase. The link to that website is also in the show notes. Um, it's, uh, the trailer for it is fascinating. He really morphs into Robin Williams. Uh, so we talk about that. We talk about, uh, just doing impressions in general. We talk about life. Um, you know, just some interesting conversations, uh, you know, funny and serious, uh, both, which is kind of, you know, kind of what I kind of what I enjoy. Uh, so check out his stuff. Uh, boy, you can go on a, uh, I mean, you can go on a YouTube binge of some of his stuff. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, the, the show prep for Roger, uh, was quite enjoyable, I will say, because, uh, yeah, it's just, he's a funny guy. He does tremendous, uh, impressions, the ones he does. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping he does have some Florida dates on that Robin Williams tribute show. So I'm hoping uh, they're close enough to me that maybe I can swing on by and check out the show because uh, it looks phenomenal. Uh, he's funny. And of course, who's not a fan of Robin Williams? Uh, so without further ado, let's dive right in, right in to my episode here with the tremendous and funny Roger Cabler. Right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Roger Cabler to the Jeff McAleo podcast. Couldn't even get my name out without coughing. <laughs> How are you, Roger? I'm doing good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good, and pretty good, I guess, is the new great. You know, no, keep the bar low. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Don't having too lofty of expectations is just going to let you down. So it's exhausting. The lofty stuff. It's exhausting. I should have two Oscars by now. You know what I have? I'll show you one. I want to thank the Academy. That's my Oscar. <laughs> His name is Graul, and, and uh, I'll, I'll take it. You know. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it, within arm's reach of where I do my computer, I, I have this. So, I mean. <laughs> well, you know what this is? This is actually, I picked this up in Canada last year. It's actually 
the mascot for Mack Trucks. But um, uh, I don't know what that says up there, but this was from the 40s. And that's note the helmet is really antiquated. Um, but this is the Mack truck. You see the bulldog on the front of the Mack truck, you know, like a figurehead. So I picked this up in Canada. Its name is Graul. And there's my is my dog. Nice. Yeah. Well, no, you, I, do you have some turtle have a name? Uh, I, I guess I kind of, I had a pet turtle I got when I was three or four. It was my birthday present. And I named the turtle Harry after Harry Monster from Sesame Street. Who wasn't that, even a very popular Sesame Street character, but he was my favorite. <laughs> I remember that one too. I've got some relatives that look like that. <laughs> yeah. Russia. Yeah. So it, it was a little bizarre having a turtle named Harry. Why but, is it so you know? strange? <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. some dogs are named Steve, which is Steve. I you know. I did have uh I was out with somebody and they their dog was named Bella and my daughter is named Isabella. No. And, and, and it was quite confusing that you if someone was yelling Bella, they could be yelling at either a child or a dog. And I'm like, eh, maybe don't humanize the the animals' names. Give them give them, you know. Yeah. yeah. If if you name your kid Fido, then that you deserve to be confused whether someone's talking to a dog or your, yeah, your that's some that kid's gonna need therapy. I was gonna name my kid no. But my wife wouldn't allow it. Yeah. No, my, my ex-wife vetoed a, a lot of my... I wanted my daughter's name to be Isabella Mozzarella Macalino. I just thought <laughs> it sounded really cool. Now that got vetoed. Nice. <laughs> good, good. You know, turn your whole kid into a nursery rhyme and then send him out in the world. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to name my son Gino. Gino Macalino. Gino Macalino. I know somebody was named... Uh, Latrina, which, you know, you really need to look into the meanings of things before you name your kids. Yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> Latrina, would you come up to the head of the class, please? Yeah. Uh, there, you know, R, R. Kelly probably, uh, you know, would, would definitely love to match with her on a dating app or something. <laughs> wow. Is this where this is going in the first two minutes? Yeah, yeah. We're going wow. Okay. Let's <laughs> party. Um, yeah, this is a normal Sunday afternoon for me. <laughs> you know what sucks? I just want to explain this. I did a, uh, I don't know what the hell it was. It was two days ago. I did something on Facebook. I'm like, oh, Facebook. I can relax. It's, you know, to me, like a podcast is a time and place to relax. It's not national TV. But it turned out this Facebook thing was like seen by a lot of people. USA TV. So as soon as I find out it was like a big deal, I choked up. I was all over the place. I got the crazy foam in the corners of my mouth. And I blew it. You know, I like a nice relaxed. I can't be that. I don't want to be that famous. I just think it's too much. Uh, it's it's a very stressful. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you've, I mean, you've been what I would consider famous uh, in the past. Uh, not that's, that's a weird, rude way of saying it. I kind low of, end. <laughs> it was low end. It was, it was, you know, there was a moment. Well, I, I've got to say, though, and this is you've probably not heard this in the podcast you've done. Maybe you have. But uh, I don't always deep dive into my guests. Oftentimes, I'm just like, eh, as you can tell, I just conversation pretty much flows and wherever it goes. But I actually went and and just this morning, I watched two or three episodes of Rhythm and Blues. Oh, wow. Um, and by the way, 
Thanks. Are you all right? <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. I'm like, I don't, I, 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 so far, I mean, I don't know how, if it, if it went off the rails after the first few episodes, but I'm like, this is, this is enjoyable. Like, you know, it's, it's a good sitcom in my humble opinion. I, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, uh, it's a long story. Um, I too looked at some of the episodes much later. It was, I was 30 when I did them. I'm 60 now. And I said, this is some good work. But unfortunately, the trajectory of the series was not going to make it um, because of political, social things that were going on at the time that made it impossible to write with any depth. So the yeah. show was not allowed to go too deeply into racial issues, discrimination. And I thought, let's just... Let's go right into it. Let's head right into it, like all in the family. Let's hit the social stuff, and that uh, can have some put some meat on them bones. And uh, uh, they didn't; uh, they weren't allowed to. So we did what we did. It turned a little goofy for me. I started out with a very passionate, passionate, which is kind of like passionate, but it's <laughs> kind of like miss. I had a vowel movement. <laughs> It's a passionate, articulate character, and it got reduced to, you know, a guy who does impressions. And, you know, when I see that, it's a monkey thing. I was, like I said, I was doing this thing on Facebook, and these two people who do a very popular show, there was a lady behind, before me that came on, she had gold records, she worked with Stevie Wonder, I can't remember her name, but I'm like, oh, I'm not like, lose myself when I'm, you know, in the midst of fame. I, I, I'm starstruck, and I couldn't function. But um, then I lost my point. What was I going to say? Where were we? Uh, about your your character. Well, oh, they kept yeah. asking me and pumping me. And this other impressionist came off to me. Oh, do this. Do John Lovitz. Do the other thing. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't really work that way. I'm a, I'm a method comedian. I have to conjure things. If you throw a bunch of uh, impressions at me, it's 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 a game. It's it's not really my thing. You know, you could say, oh, do Mrs. Doubtfire. And of course I could, but it would be an impression. It wouldn't be something a little bit more what I do, which yeah. is really uh, conjure the spirits of these people. Some of them are still alive. And that's, you know, I'm a vessel for that. And I know it sounds like, oh, please just do the voice. It's much more than a voice. An impression is a full thing. If you don't, it fully invests yourself into being that person as much as you can. It's not, it's just a voice. Yeah. Which is wonderful for some people. They think that's the most important thing, but I don't. No, I, no. yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, I was talking oddly enough earlier this week, I was talking to uh, a, a guy named Tom Sawyer <clears throat> who also, he does impressions and stuff and he's good friends with Dana Carvey. And I said, I'm pretty sure it was Dana Carvey who, who's openly said, like, some of my impressions aren't good, but I just try to, something similar, I try to get the spirit of the person and their mannerism. So even if the voice really sounds nothing like them, people still, uh, I think he used George H.W. Bush, his impression of him as an example. Like, I sound nothing right. like the guy, but most people who now do impressions of George H.W. Bush... Not many nowadays, but if they did, they actually just do an impression of Dana Carvey doing an impression. They don't actually, do, you know. You know what? You know what? I'm not going to do it. Not <laughs> the, 
I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, I watched the copycats when I was 10 years old. I don't know if you know where the copycats are. The original, you know, uh, Frank Gorshin and Rich Little and Marilyn Michaels, the original impressionist. And uh, I found as a as a as an entertainer, as an actor, that impressions are really a dead end unless you do something totally unique and original, like Jim Carrey doing Man in the Moon. That was so much more than an impression. Yeah. And um, I've done my own version of that kind of thing with Robin Williams, but I didn't ask to do it. It came to me um, in a, well, you probably have a question about this, but you know, the whole yeah. story is, is, is very, very odd. What happened to me around Robin being an empath and being somebody who loved him dearly. Um, I just got, got sideswiped by his spirit after he passed. And I, something happened to me for me really where I felt Robin's presence very strongly infuse my life. It, it's uh, so t talk to me. I, I get, yeah, I guess more about that. Cause even the, the trailer for the film, uh, readily available, easy to find uh, everyone. It's just on YouTube. Yeah, being, Robin, <laughs> being Robin official trailer. Being Robin. Yes. Is trailer that... to the movie. And this is me actually doing Robin. I remember at this moment I was on stage and I felt very possessed. I had my eyes closed and I was really taken by him. I don't know where I was, but this is somewhere. This is the movie Being Robin, um, which came out about a year ago. And I've been sort of pimping it across the, the country to so people can have an experience with what it's like to be taken by a, a wonderful spirit for this ride. And I've been doing the show for nine years, the live show for nine years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just got back from a tour in Canada. I'm doing off-Broadway this week, on the 25th. I'm doing one show off-Broadway. And I'm, I'm excited about it. My son's coming out. We're going to do one show in New York because I think Robin was like, yes, let's go to New York. Okay, come on. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> What's going to happen there? Let's party. It's uh, it's amazing. Just, just even, again, watching the trailer, and and to be fair, you know, there's there's tons of footage of your stand up and stuff like that. You can see a lot of your Robin Williams impressions going back to the, you know, to the 90s. Uh, but in the in the trailer, uh, it, it's astounding that there were several times in it. And, you know, looking at you, I don't see Robin Williams. But when you are doing the show. A, a couple times and maybe you splice some in or but a couple times i'm like is that was that a real robin williams clip or was that roger because that was legitimately i fit visually i could not tell well that's fun for me because some people like yourself saying do you going to get sued by the family I and mean, i had already written them a letter um to say this none of this in this film is robin it's all me in makeup mm. and, and hair and making that investment and time to really try to be like him. And I think it's nice when people say, was that Robin? Because I recognize I accomplished what I'd set out to do and not to fool people, but to really give that idea that somebody's completely taken over. And that's, you know, this is the result of that. It's, you know, people thought that was Robin on the cover and I, are you going to get sued? I'm like, no, that's me. <laughs> 60 year old me running around playing. Yeah, no, and and Robin Williams is it's amazing. Kind of thinking back, of 
my own podcast, I, I, I feel like Robin Williams unintentionally, obviously I knew he was going to come up in our conversation, but has just constantly mentioned on this show, whether it's from comedy club owners talking about how awesome he was or, or impressionists who, who all love Robin Williams. Um, I don't, and they all do Robin Williams. I don't think I've seen anyone nearly on par with you. Um, one thing that takes me with with your impression of Robin, but also of of Robert De Niro and other characters I've seen you do impersonations of, so much of it, I, I think, lazily, I can't do any impressions of anybody, and I, I'm like, I wish I could just do a few. I do like three. Well, <laughs> well, but, hundreds. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> so much of it is in the face, even as much or more so of, of the sound. Um, I think that, yeah, I have a limited vocal range. I've found that I'm more of a tenor. So to get to that, those places with those people is harder for me. And I think it's in the body too. You know, if you, if, you're absolutely right. There's other people are really just great with the voices. And I don't think that I am. I don't have the same timber as Robin and the resonance. I really have to work at, you know, the average Robin Williams impression is, whoa, hey, oh, what's yeah. this, you know? And I, I don't, that's, that's the impression that that's the, what do you call it? The, that's, that's the, there's a word, the hook, whoa, you know, and, and I get that and I see everybody doing that, but I prefer to work in the other direction where I watch a lot of his interviews. What fell? <laughs> this is garbage just falling around in my kitchen. I watch his interviews and he's very elegant. He's very, uh, you know, very, um, and then, you know, he just explodes into some, some really naughty thing and you know it's just it's the way his energy ebbs and flows that i'm interested in the way he'll be very you know uh elegant and very well spoken and vulnerable and then whoa how you doing come on in you know i brought the dog what are you doing i don't know it's you know it's it's that kind of strange explosion and electricity that i'm interested in and you know the way he physically moves he's a mime he's a dancer he he's he, he has he, you know there's so much to study so while i'm doing all that my voice it, it kind of gets away from me a little bit but okay it's part of it i have to work i have to really work on it yeah it, it's i i say this it, it's gonna come off poorly probably to, to many oh, give people yourself a break. but it's but i watching robin williams perform and i mean this in the highest regard possible is is the closest thing if you had to describe to someone who's never done drugs what doing cocaine was like when he explodes you just get like you just get energized like oh my gosh this is awesome like you get the sensation without doing the drug so i i, I mean that as a very high compliment for for the late robin williams of course yeah um, I know comparing someone to cocaine is probably not a complimentary thing. It is a drug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and believe me, doing Robin for an hour on stage every night is it makes you really high if you do it well. Because uh, sometimes I don't feel like it's clicking. But when it does, I feel Robin experiencing the laughter with the audience in communion. And I tell him it's not just a show. It's a seance. And... <laughs> Because it is, we're evoking a spirit, and the more people laugh, the more I feel Robin is just taking over the uh, the night, and I feel all that electricity going through me. In the end, I'm just this drained old Jew 
feeling so tired after it's doing all these things to my body that it doesn't want to do oh and you know just um all these gestures pop into my head and, and things that he does that are so robin and and the next thing i know i've lost myself completely i'm not even there i don't know where i go well i mean that that's that's got to be the yeah that, that's got to be the best endorsement right of of the show itself is well, presumably that's how it was with him too. It didn't yes. seem, I mean, uh, some of the comedians who performed with him or had him at their comedy club who I've talked to are like, I don't know that he really, he just kind of went up there and just went off. Like he didn't, he didn't have a set list necessarily. He just kind of was in the moment a lot of times. Well, what, what, yes, exactly. But what was, what isn't discussed as much because he was such a great improviser, but what he had, and I've tried to understand this and, and have it for myself over the years, is a, an incredible Rolodex in his brain of bits. Just mm -hmm. like we all have memories and we have visions and we have bits of information. But what he would do on stage is, a you know, he would see an appropriate moment and a bit and his genius would come to the front. It would come out of his mouth before he was even, you know, an older bit like that. How much money have we raised? Or, you know, something like that um, would just come to the front at the right time. And so people thought, you know, this was all improvised. But but like so uh, all of us have this incredible amount of information. He just allowed it to flow wherever, whenever it was coming out of his brain. And you'll see if you really study him, um, uh, you'll see a repetition of bits that he uses over and over in different times and places. You know, um, but it takes a while to really look at all the interviews and all the, the stuff that he's done. Apart from the acting, which is, he does some great, great, he's done some great acting. I miss yeah. him. That's the thing that I, I feel like still gets overlooked by most people is like the early to mid 90s. He was one of, if not the biggest Hollywood star. I mean, he was in a blockbuster every year, I think, for for half a decade. Uh, he stopped to it. Yeah, well, I mean, and he was star. He started movies with Al Pacino and De Niro. Like he was, you know, he wasn't just a right. a, a funny guy. You know that 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 I think is it's the the greater comp uh, compliment is not that it's easy to be the funny guy in a movie, but you know, I still think of uh, Insomnia. I think it just. I don't think he made me laugh one time in that film. No, there's nothing funny about strangling and murdering teenage girls. If that's your thing. Ah. I used to do this bit as Robin. I was doing these Gilbert and Sullivan things. And it was you know, years ago. He does believe some pretty creepy people. He goes, my name is Robin Williams. Call me Mr. Happy. I squandered all my comic genius. How'd I get so sappy? In my next film, I get this girl. I strangle her and, cl and club her. No more nice guy. No more Popeye. No more fucking flubber. And <laughs> I have another one for De Niro. It goes, how you doing? I'm De Niro. Tough guy legend. That guy. Hold on. Take two. <laughs> how you doing? I'm De Niro. Acting legend. Tough guy hero. In Raging Bull, I played a fighter. Down by roses, somewhat lighter. Analyze this. Midnight Run. Meet the fuckers. Fucking fun. Da, 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 da. You know. 
<laughs> I just created a few of these and uh, with sort of Gilbert and Sullivan style things. And by the way, to, to people listening, it is astounding. Your face turns into like it looks like I'm visually I, I feel like I'm looking at Robert De Niro. And well, it's you know, it's like playing an instrument. You got to learn how to manipulate the chords, manipulate the chord, you know, do what he does, but do it good, do it nice, precise. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, What's you, he eating, by the way? He's always like, especially on the talk shows, he's chewing his face. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Especially on talk shows, he he really has that. I, I I now I'm now I'm not going to be able to watch him do anything without thinking that too. That's someone did that with um, Tom Hiddleston, the guy who plays Loki. They're like, do you notice almost every line he says, he like, others, 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 like he he inhales, he talks through the breath, and then he exhales, and I'm like, oh, now I can't watch this because every time every line he has, he does this weird. And it, 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 you, it, <laughs> until you draw your attention to it, you don't think he's a great actor. What but, show is that? Or is it uh, a movie? Uh, it's a Disney Plus show, Loki, about the... It's a it's spinoff of, of his bad guy character. It, it's, it's... As far as the Disney Plus MCU shows, it's probably the best one they've done, but that's not a, a high bar to clear. Um, I don't even have TV, so I'm missing a lot of stuff, frankly. Yeah, no, it's um. I'll look it up. Yeah, it, it is. W- once I saw someone point that out, now I can't watch because he he does take a breath and like exhale his line and then let out the breath every time, and it's like, huh. But that actually, I want to talk more about uh, your Robin Williams show, but I, I'll segue to this because. Well, wait a minute. You just captured something that is of essence to an impressionist, which is to notice something very unusual and try to do what they do. And that's a very specific physical thing that must have some psychology or physical thing or methodology behind it. So I don't want to just ignore what you just mentioned. That is a key thing. And and if you're going to, as an actor, what does this person do? You know? um, So I just, I just didn't want to just ignore what you had just told me that, that I heard you and and that it's a valid thing to wonder how does somebody, you know, uh, breathe. It's key to their being. Yeah. De Niro's got like a, you know, thing. Yeah, kinda, knows, it's weird breathing. Kind of like a pug almost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Marlon Brando. <laughs> I used to do this in the mirror when I was a kid. Uh, almost, uh, uh, you know, trying to really try to. Uh, well, hard, <laughs> the, hard the, it hurts. I, see, I, I guess this is just a a symptom of the times. But while I I think Tom Hiddleston, that maybe that's a future person who people will impersonate. But I I, I thought this the other day. It's like. I feel like everyone who has a notable impression of them, the the big Robin Williams, De Niro, Christopher Walken, you know, the 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 go to uh, people, you know, to I, my thing is, I'm like, they're all getting up in age or or dead. Um, yeah. Who's next? 
there i'm like i don't know if there's anyone under the age of 50 who anyone does an impression of and i'm like i at first i thought well maybe nobody has had that but i'm like no people did de niro before he was 50 and people did pacino before he was 50 and and robin williams (laughs) so i was the first one to do de niro and i was the first one to do christopher walken so you know it was very interesting how it happened i saw somebody in a restaurant do it and then I saw the movie at close range and I recognized the hook to walk in, even though, you know, I don't do his voice as well as, you know, Kevin Pollack, who does masterful work. Yeah. Um, I met him at Whole Foods once and we know each other. Um, and we had a walk in and off and <laughs> in the vitamin <laughs> aisle, we're sitting there. How? You know, he's doing all this, Hi, you know, and, we all want, you know, crazy stuff. And I just didn't, you know, low it inside, like, I don't care. You know, and that was like the best walking I've ever done. But the thing is, I saw him do at close range and I broke, uh, you know, and, and Jay Moore will tell you I was the first one to do it. But actually, Christopher Walken was the first one to do it. And he did it very well. But I did it on MTV on a bit called My Six Dads. And that was the first time anybody had ever done it publicly. And I, I'm not proud of that. It's so what? But it was fun because everybody started doing it. It just became this cult of Christopher Walken impersonators. And the hook to Christopher Walken that I saw, because he was doing a character that was so on edge and murderous, was that he always seemed like he was on the on the edge of a nervous breakdown. He was going to snap you know, and, and I recognize that as a fun thing to play, but I never really got the voice or, you know, the mannerisms where he's lunging forward. Strange. You know, I, I liked doing it, but I also didn't know the value of all this. Like, what is... And you're using it in the context of a comedy bit, like My Six Dads, which had, you know, one kid and six guys who all slept with the mom, and they don't know who the actual father was, so they all raise him. It's extreme. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it's got to be. It's interesting to to monetize the the impression and work it into the routine. Because, see, me, I I say I'd, I'd love to do three good impressions. That's really just for social. Like, just just like right. if I feel socially awkward, I could just break out a character and make people laugh, and you know, be on my get out of an awkward social situation by right. doing a, a good right. impression. Um, but that's not going to make me any money, presu- presumably. <laughs> no, but you're more fun at parties. I guess it's a good party favor. Especially yeah. if you've got a really strange one. Like if you're doing uh, uh, Nick Nolte, you know, and you're bored. And, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. Get the hell out of here. You know, just what? You know, who is this? I used to do like Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke a lot. But you know, nobody knows these people anymore. I did William Hurt. That was a great party favor. Yeah, you know, I wonder if that's part of. I wonder if that's part of it. Saying that nobody does impressions of younger people. I, I don't know that nowadays with the gazillion different streaming services and the right. you know, million podcasts, uh, you could be successful and famous with very few people actually knowing who you are. I mean, like if you if you told me who like the the top twenty TikTokers were who were making millions of dollars. I probably wouldn't know any of them. Who are these people? <laughs> it's 
Well, I, it's yeah. funny. I'll, I'll have people even on the podcast or, or, you know, talking, just interacting with people. And it's like, yeah, I've got about 1.8 million followers on TikTok. I'm like, how? Who, who are talent? you? <laughs> what do you do for the, what's their talent? What's their skill? Uh, well, the, the only one who I, I recognize of having skill was a guy named Brad Goss, who writes like obscene children's books. They're children's books, but they're, you know, don't bathe with Uncle Joe and stuff like that. Like it's it's it, they're not for kids. And he'll go on and he'll read them to strangers on like a online. And it's hilarious to see how, you know, mostly these like young 20s, late teenagers seeing this older guy come on be like can i read you these books and that you know so it it, it is entertaining sure. uh, what he does and it it does take some talent to actually write the books perform the, the yeah. you know but some of them it's just like well I'll, I'll tell you some of them just have nice tits and that that goes a long way <laughs> sure it does but i also feel that's sad you know that yeah um, your skill is going and don't believe me. I got caught in that too. I'm just turning into a creepy old man at this point. I'm like, like, and especially the ones where you, did you see it? And I'm like, no, I'll get it this time. I'll get it this time. And then they're getting all these likes from one pervy guy who's got other things to do. Yeah. You know, no life and things to do. You know, do you see this thing behind me? That's an illustration for a children's book that I have yet to assemble and publish. Um, you know, and did you, did you paint that? Yeah, it's a painting of mine. It's, you know, I do, I'm an artist. Um, I mean, I believe in innocence. You know, I, I think we as a species have gone way off the rails in the dark and mm -hmm. you know, talking about, you know, dirty uncle Joe or whatever. Um, you know, I appreciate that kind of humor. I do. And I, I, I watch Louis CK, CK was, was also very dark and funny, and brilliant. And and my own stuff has leans more towards innocence and childlike stuff. Um, even the Robin Williams stuff is so pee pee caca. Even though I've got stuff like Queen Laquifa and stuff like that, um, it, it gets away from you because it's silly and it's not it's not dark and rapey like so much of the humor is is violent and bludgeoning and and so much of the visions that we see in the world is just in a dark. You know, it's it's we're going dark ages, and, and I think we have to rediscover and re-nourish our 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 young spirits, the the ones that we carry around with us, that that are just we're like holding them by the hand and walking them into the dark. Look at this, and I'm like, you know, when I was six years old, I saw the birds, and I'll never forget that shot of you know Mr. Fawcett with his eyes pecked out. Yeah, you know. And, 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 you know, being exposed to that stuff is such an, and I'm not saying it's going to be Barney the dinosaur, but the thing that I think we need to restoke in ourselves is our childlike innocence. Have a marble? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think, <clears throat> I, I, I agree with you completely. I, I wish, like, there, there were more, and I think this is part of Hollywood's problem with comedies, frankly. I do wish there were more like, this is just, a, a good example recently is a, from a parent perspective, was the Captain Underpants movie that came out, <laughs> I don't know, six years ago. It I know was Captain just, Underpants, um, I don't know the movie though. It was just a funny movie. There was no moral point to it. It wasn't, it was just a funny movie for kids. It was goofy, had a lot of potty humor, 
you know, yes. it, you know, it was just very, you know, in, in just an enjoyable experience. It wasn't a, you know, not everything needs to be, especially when you're talking about children's content. Doesn't need to be a social commentary. Doesn't need to be this, that, the other. It could just be fun, like, you know, they're kids. You can walk out of there not feeling dirty, but maybe perhaps refreshed or lighthearted. You know, it's just about a balance. We all, I think, have a dark side. And I think humans are yeah. organism at war with itself between dark and light, intellect and instinct. And we have that. I have that war every day. Which way to turn? You know, what's is enticing me? The addictions that I've had, and I've had a lot. Um sometimes tugging at me, you know, let me have one more candy bar. And that's just, you know, it's not heroin the way it used to be, but it's it's still the same principle. It's like, I've got to fight that off. I've got to move to something else. And I believe um, we have a choice. Even before, you know, when I, I, I'm probably going to take this job next year, going around the world, talking to um, classrooms and parents about before your kid gets drug addled or before you start experimenting, you have other options. Creativity is a drug. When, when you talk to another human being and you're laughing and you're creating jokes um, and, and, and just being silly, that is a drug too. You're releasing endorphins mm -hmm. and, you know, creativity, writing, painting, sports, music, um, all those things. If you leap into that before, you become susceptible to following what you think is peer pressure uh, into smoking weed and drinking. And then what other stuff, um, you know, sex addicts can turn the other way and, and find an outlet. Um, there's so many ways that we're addicted, gambling, uh, food, sex, you know, I'm all of it, frankly. Okay. Yeah. I said it, all of it. I'm an all purpose addict who's been sober for over 20 years. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm not a man and I'm not a human being, but um, it's important for me to discover what else I can get high off of. That's a natural thing. All right. So I'll show you one other thing. You see this? You know what this is? I found uh, this. No. I found this. I dig in these old farm dumps. That's where the marbles came from. I found this in a dump. It's a turn of the century thermometer even though the thermometer is missing this is not a rectal thermometer do not try this at home <laughs> it would be very painful but this was a, an, an antique thermometer and i you know i discovered it because i saw the little hash marks and this gets me really high when i go dig in the dirt and find things like bottles and i'll show you take it a little tour i know i'm just blathering but no no this is good these are some of the things that i found over the years um in these oh, wow I, some of these things I bought, like that big coffee thing, I bought that. But a lot of these things I just found in the dirt. They came from the earth. So I dig and dig. I went out this morning and found some crazy stuff. I find marbles and toys. And to me, that's a high. I don't have to gamble anymore because it's it satisfies that need. So thanks for hearing all that, because I think part of the value of having a podcast is can be educational. Yes. Yeah. No, that that's absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it is. It, it's I, I'm someone who uh, who many would argue has a, a bit of a substance problem, but really just with one substance, alcohol. Um, but I even always I, I've gone on rants about this is <clears throat> never uh, like 
I tell people do not drink when you're feeling a certain emotion um, because that's not that you don't need to add alcohol on top of whatever you're feeling. It's like uh, gasoline on a fire, right? Sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's like, I've, I, you know, I've, I've told this to many people who most of who are, are shitty drunks for, for lack of a better term, they shouldn't be drinking. Um, I'm someone who, who, you know, thus far, my drinking's not gotten me in, in any kind of trouble yet. You know, I think it'll oh, be health it, before. Yeah. 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 I, I I think it'll be a health thing before it becomes a nobody likes you, you're awful to be around kind of thing. But that's fine. I, you know, it is what it, it may be. Um, but hey, I'm um, not a sobriety checkpoint. I'm not going to judge anything you tell me. So, Jeff. but but yeah, but uh, so my thing is always like you as, as much as I drink and it's a lot. Um, if I'm telling someone, hey, you, you shouldn't drink in this scenario, you should listen to me. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like I'm a big big alcohol guy uh but you know if i'm saying eh, don't 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 drink because you're sad your football team lost you're just gonna get angry and depressed and then you're gonna tie drinking into losing and and the whole thing's just a weird codependency and if you just want to get drunk to drink to get drunk just because go ahead but don't don't do but i think that's kind of uh, obviously a different maybe take on the same thing let let actually let yourself actually feel things naturally right you don't need to enhance them one way or another off the bat <laughs> just just you know go with a feeling and see if that's good enough and i think we have to lecture responsibly because <laughs> <laughs> i do that too i'm like you could really do this instead and the next thing i know why are they they died what did i do i killed them um, yeah I can't lecture. I, I just have to listen. And, and uh, I think I agree with you that if you have the facility to give them some loving direction, as long as, you know, you know that you may be helping them. I don't really know. I'm not, you know, I sponsor people and, uh, and I don't always know what to tell them. I, I'm afraid of a couple people have died on my watch and it's not because I did something. It's because they couldn't stop. You know, I yeah. do my best. I, I really do try to help people. It's important. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know how we got onto this, but it's fun. I like it's. It's yeah, this podcast. This podcast uh, uh, comes to comes to a fork in the road and takes the uh, hot air balloon up. I love <laughs> so, it. <laughs> we we have no we have no path here, but uh, I I I um I do want to get back to your your show and the your movie uh sure, with, with be, the robin williams stuff one, one time i was doing a podcast and the, the host ended up talking about his hernia for about a half an hour and i said um you know i'm saving I, that for the end I, I deeply... <laughs> <laughs> well make sure you leave time i want to make sure you get full coverage yeah yeah it could it could be it could be bizarre but but the um so you're doing the show in New York the Saturday yeah. after Thanksgiving, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. At the um, Triad, Triad Theater. And uh, you can get tickets on Everbright if anybody's out there. Anybody out there? Yeah. Wants to go to New York that's in New York and wants to see the show. Um, I don't have a link for you here, but uh, if you have a postscript, I can get, send it to you. Yeah. Yeah, please. I'll, I'll throw it in the, uh, in the, the, the show notes. 
um is do you have any other shows planned is this like maybe the finale or what's how, how long do you think this you're gonna well i just this? did i just did the 14 show tour which i've never ever done uh so that was intense but after the show in uh new york i've got one in new hampshire that's um looks like it could sell out and then i've got one uh a bunch in florida hello hello yeah. florida i'm going up and down the coast on east and west I've got a number of uh, ones in Margaritaville, Saratoga. Is it not Sarah? Sarasota. Sarasota, yep. Um, I don't know if I have anything in Miami, but there's a Sarasota area. There's a couple of things going on. I, I'll uh, if you go on Roger Cabler on Facebook, you'll I'll post the schedule, and if you want to see the live show. Um, and after that, I don't know. I think it's a it's an open field for me. I've got paintings I want to do. I have another show that that's part of this tribute called uh, Over Actors Anonymous, where I do the other impressions, which I may break off. And then there's another show I'm starting to write called Worst Case Scenarios, which involves stories that have things that, I, you know, it's 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 kind of like the other thing. It's just like painting gold into shit, spinning gold into shit, you know, which is just things that happened at my own hand that were disastrous and hilarious, you know. So it's a one man show. So I'll be around. I'm an entertainer. I'm going to keep doing stuff. I just think the Robin thing after 10 years is probably going to need to, you know, at least take a break. And I'll be promoting the movie heavily. The movie is, has affected a lot of people. But unfortunately, without marketing, you, you're not going to go anywhere. The movie's going to, going to sit there. Um, so I am going to heavily market it in this coming year. I think people need to see it. It's intense. And it's heart, it's 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 heartwarming, you know. It's Robin Williams. Have uh have you mentioned you sent a letter to his family? Have you uh had any friends or family uh of Robin's come to any of the shows or see the film or or any yeah interaction regarding that? Well, first of all, I did send a couple letters to the family before I made the film to let them know. It was a love letter to Robin and that I wouldn't be using any of his images or voice in the film, period. So legally, we're good. I don't know if they've seen the film. I think it would be hard to not for them not to be aware of it. Um, I'm the only one on the planet that's doing this kind of thing. It's not a matter of pride. It's just true. There's nobody else doing a Robin tribute. Um, and nobody else has invested 10 years in, in doing a tribute. And the tribute meaning I do do as if Robin's doing an HBO special. I just get on stage and go. Um, and then the second half is over Actors Anonymous, which is all the other impressions. But uh, I've had some friends of his see uh, my work and say, you are Robin. And it was like, ah! you know, and uh, and support, you know, and given. And Robin saw me do him on TV years ago and, and it got back to me through Rick Overton, who's a mutual friend that he really liked my impression of him. So, you know, I, I was happy to hear that. And... Uh, uh, is a couple of others friends that you know feel um they they they've been really supportive and i don't want to bother robin's family with this i think to me to go hey look what they did it's no i've already seen what happened with jamie costa the young guy who was doing this this thing of with robin and and you know i i support him i think he's trying to do what i'm trying to do but people kept sending um zelda his daughter robin's daughter this hey look at this and she was like i don't want to see it i don't yeah. need to see this this is my story that i needed to express it wasn't about trying to get 
anything other than getting my story out there, which is an interesting story. And I certainly don't want to step on any toes while I'm doing it. So I'm not pushing anybody to see it that could be hurt by it. Right. And uh, I think you, I, I don't know where I would have heard this, but I think you, you're, uh, you're kind of going the film festival route right now with that. It's not well, available on streamers or anything, correct? Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm thinking about re-releasing it. I'm waiting to hear from Sundance, which will be like in two weeks. Hmm. And if we, you know, if we don't get a positive result from Sundance, I think, at any rate, I can sell it via you know Facebook. I'm not going to put it on streaming. I'm not going to put it on uh, Vimeo. Um, but I will, if you go to Facebook, and you'll see how I can get it to you. You can get a DVD, which is the, this. Um, or I can send you the electronic link. Um, but the DVDs are signed and so forth. And it could be a collector's thingy. Or you know someday it'll be worth 20 bucks. Um, and the, the, the electronic link is just the link with a password. And... Uh, We've sold a lot of these and people are writing to me and saying how much they're affected by it. So I know I have something here and I worked, it took me five years to make it. And I think it's worth seeing. I'll send you a copy too. When we're done, I'll just send you the electronic link and you can see um, it's a very emotional film. It's, it's more emotional than funny. I think I, there are moments and you can see where the funny crescendos, but it's more about how psychologically and emotionally, I got affected by Robin because I'm bipolar and I'm also wondering about the supernatural element, you know, was that? I, uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask, do you think there's, because uh, to, assuming this doesn't completely spoil anything directly in the film, uh -huh. <clears throat> um, do you think there is some... I, I almost immediately, well, I was, I'm like, it's almost like you were maybe like a medium uh for his spirit or something is kind of how it seemed to come off to, Thank to you. me <laughs> well look i'm not a carnival man who's trying to sell anybody anything this happened i okay just to give you a little backstory jeff i was in hollywood for quite a number of years i've uh, studied as an actor in new york and moved to hollywood because i had a sitcom that we discussed and um it ended badly the whole hollywood the whole crashed and burned drugs, alcohol, bipolar. And I went out of show business completely. And I wasn't ever, ever, ever going to go back. So I didn't ask for this. But when Robin died, and I was just a painter, Robin died, it came roaring back. Like, mm. you know, I felt him saying, I want to get back to work. Things were strangely happening. I was walking in the woods the December after he uh, passed. And out of my mouth, I wasn't thinking about him or anything. And out of my mouth came, uh, I miss my kids. And I was like, oh, sh okay, you know what? What is this? You know, I didn't invite this. And he, I felt him leap out of me and grab my girlfriend in a sexual moment. And also grab my paintbrushes and really get going, have a good time. And I was like, <laughs> I can't stay here and do this to me. I'm trying to stay sober. I'm trying to be sane. And I, I threw him out. I threw him out of my life. I said, get out. And I opened the door to my studio and I said, you can't be here. No way. And then I, it occurred to me, you know, like, okay, let's just say this. there's some reality that the spirit is somehow consciously trying to ask me to do something. And it was to get back to work. And I said, who am I? I'm being disrespectful. Who am I to say no to Robin Williams? So I finally, you know, got in touch with a booker and I said, I'm, I want to do a tribute. And I wrote a I wrote a tribute 
and uh, Robin, most of, most of it's mine, Robin. Um, people do this when they're bullshitting, but I'm, I actually have an itchy eye. Um, most of the materials <laughs> mine. I wrote it with Robin over my shoulder, laughing or going. <laughs> and um, yeah, we do it today. There's a lot of new bits that I'm always putting into the show, and um, it's a great deal of fun. And it's also profound. Robin comes on late in the event um, in, a, in a different sort of form and has a very humanitarian uh, uh, peace mission that I think is important for us. And it's still funny. It's not like, oh, here we go, the lecture. No, it's 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 funny. It still manages to carry on the funny. But it's also aimed at love and how are we going to survive? You know, How are we going to do this? How are we going to kick out this giant cloud of hate that's engulfed our our uh, our species? So that's mm. that's where it goes, and then it gets nonsensical again in the second act. Yeah, well, that that's that fitting, right? <laughs> the second act is just like Godfather, the musical, Overactors Anonymous, Permit the Frog singing, Phantom of the Opera, just you know whatever the audience requests, I'll do it. It's no big deal. <laughs> how how difficult is that to to feel the audience request? I mean, I have to imagine they, you know, unless you give them a list of voices that you can do, which yeah. So you got to so, get some. You're like, I don't know who this even is. Well, sometimes I don't, and they'll say, you know, Guns and Roses, and I'll think of a you know one thing I could do from, but mostly I'll just say no, I don't do that one, or I can't, or I'll try it, and they'll laugh at the effort. Um, somebody says do Barbara Streisand. Well, you know, I can do like you know, uh, you know, but my voice will not allow it. But I can do if somebody calls out, you know, share. You know, I can do I can do share. It's all they ever heard. You know, it's the Phantom of the Opera, Bruce Springsteen, Elvis. I get Frank Sinatra. I can do. I get Pee Wee Herman. I get all the craziest requests that I try to do. And that's what's fun for the audience to see me trying, especially new stuff that I've never done. And I discovered that there's some things that I can do. And the same thing with Overactors Anonymous. I call out requests and there's always the same Jim, Jimmy Stewart and Captain Kirk. And But sometimes they throw real curveballs at me that I try to like a Danny DeVito thing. And, you know, I, I can do that. It's fun to, to, to have that variable. Um, as long as it's not doesn't go completely out of control. Yeah, well, you've got to have. You're talking about Robin Williams just having all that in his brain. You've got to, for what you're doing, you've got to have just a crazy amount of info in there that you can access quickly if you're doing it like on on demand, basically. Well, th this is the the value of like even what we're doing. We're opening ourselves up to the muse. I don't have um, a, a mission to be funny particularly, but if that happens. I'm open to whatever goes through me, the way you are, the way, you know, you might have a bunch of questions written out, but some of what you're asking me is based on the conversation that we're having in front of us. I'm sure. So Almost just, all of it. <laughs> right. So we're just open to the muse of the conversation. And I don't know about you, but I got a little buzz from the conversation, from the creativity of it. Yeah. No, that's, that is one thing I've found even with podcasting, which surprised me uh, is it's after a good podcast, you do have that kind of, high for lack of a better term yeah it's a little glow yeah yeah Your it's... eyes go bye-bye <laughs> yeah. it's almost like being stoned like oh my god 
what just happened and i don't remember anything i won't remember any of this that that's it that's exactly I, i'm glad you said that because that's exactly what i was going to say just like just like getting too drunk and being like i had a great time what did you do i actually don't remember but i know it was fun <laughs> well, that's so how i am with podcasts <laughs> That's great. Then you've got a good, we're so in the moment. I don't think uh, for some reason, uh, when you do that, you don't remember what happened. I mean, that's just, a, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awful when I record a podcast and I'm trying to do the notes and like we chat about and I'm like, what the hell did we chat about? <laughs> but bye. We chatted and I said something. But thanks for, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to share some, because when I went on this, big deal the other day i just felt like it was too much and i i should have just laid back and and let them ask me the questions that i i could have answered in a more civilized human way and say no i don't really do impressions on demand it doesn't work that way i'm not a snob but um if you ask me to do robin williams i say that it takes me an hour to prepare so yeah. I'm not really doing it. I, it would be a weak, watery, you know, rubber stamp impression instead of the, the full body thing. Yeah, you know? I one thing I pride myself on, whether it's talking to people who talk about uh, paranormal type things they're capable of channeling other beings and stuff like that, or impressions, you know, obviously very. I'm like, I will never be someone who's like, do it, do it. No, 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 no. Thank you. That's Good. that's horrible. That. <laughs> because not oh. only the preparation, like you said, the recovery. Like you can't just put on a show for on a for some random dude in St. Petersburg, and then 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 just be like, all right, well, that's done and over with. No, then you're going to be like, oh, I'm drained. <laughs> exactly. I got, I got more to do. <laughs> Oh, I know. And these people would not let up on this other impressionist. And, you know, I thought he was pretty good. He did the voices. He doesn't look like anybody. But what they kept doing is, okay, now do five, five different impressions talking about our show. And they, I knew they were doing it just so they could get some plugs. Yeah. Uh, this is Tony Soprano and uh, you want to go, go, you know, and he kept doing the same ones and same. And I just felt like, Jesus, this poor guy's a monkey. Cause I, you went to yeah. all of some rep would walk in and go, hey, do you, Eric Roberts? I can't, man. I ain't even ready, Charlie. All of a sudden, I'm, there's no me with any yeah. point of view. It's just I'm a monkey with an organ grinder with a monkey. And, uh, you know, I got tired of that. If I want to do it, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because I'm, I'm ready. But if, I, if I'm asked to be a performing monkey, part of me is, I'm like, ah, I don't want to. No. Yeah, it 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 rubs me the wrong way as a listener when I hear people do things like that. It's like if they want to do an impression, they'll do it on their own. That's <laughs> you know, I I I'll tell you this: nobody who's done an impression or who does multiple impressions has come on the show and not done at least a couple in casual conversation. That's just the that's how it works. Again, that's kind of the same as if I did impressions, I'd probably bust them out every podcast at some point. <laughs> You got the job. Listen, you got, we got the job. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. But here's the thing, Jeff is like, I don't know how old you are, but it occurred to me the other day because I was losing my voice and I'm about to meet the guy who hired me to do 14 shows in Canada. And I want to prove to him that I'm okay now. And I'm walking to the lobby to meet him. 
And I said, Roger, you can stop auditioning for life. You got mm -hmm. the part. You got the part. And that doesn't mean don't try. It just means don't go kissing everybody's ass. You got the part. You can lay back a little bit, you know? Dude, you're 61. Stop it. I, I'm, that, I'm, that, that's, that is perfect advice. Uh, perfect advice to go out on, frankly. <laughs> oh, uh, I knew this sounded like a button. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, you're but, right. We're coming up on the hour. Yeah. I, I told you time flies. Can I just um, say this has been the most coherent give and take. I know I talk a lot of bipolar, but I really appreciate your style and your patience you. with me. You know, it's one of the better podcasts I've done for that reason, letting me go. And, and I think there were moments when I might've listened to you too. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's exactly what I shoot for. Um, one last time, uh, where, where can people find you in the movie? Uh, throw out the, the, oh, the, the website and all that is, stuff. Is being Robin. And you can go on uh, my Facebook page, which is Roger Kabler, K-A-B-L-E-R. And if you drop me a line and ask for the movie, I will send it to you. I will mail it to you. Um, if uh, if you want any other information about when the shows are playing, just drop me a line at Roger Kabler on Facebook. You can friend me, say that you saw me on Jeff's show, and, uh, and we're good to go. I've got a lot of uh, followers and that doesn't mean anything other than, you know, it's a personal touch. I like to talk to people and I like it when I get the stocking. Where I go, you know, maybe this year I'll get a Christmas stocking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the crazies. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> one of them. Well, good, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's really dark. That's somewhere between Jack Nicholson and the flying monkey. <laughs> Or Jim Carrey, one of those. Oh, man, Jeff, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Roger. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Roger Kabler, for coming on. I uh, had a lot of fun talking to him. Such a such a cool guy. Um, and uh, I, I, I meant every compliment I said, even as far as you know, I, I watched, uh, it's not easy to find, but I even did go back and watch, uh, the first, I think it was two, maybe three episodes of rhythm and blues. I was able to, to find it on YouTube. And, uh, I, I thought it was an enjoyable show. I can see, you know, obviously why it didn't make it, um, uh, through no fault of Rogers, of course. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I can't wait to check out, uh, being Robin, the film and, uh, hopefully get his show and uh hey if anyone's up in the new york area uh try to get to that try to get to that performance and shoot me a line let me know how it is i i can only imagine uh it is a a tremendous time to be had by all uh thank you again for roger cabler for joining me thank you for gary michelli for hooking me up uh with him uh I've got a, I mentioned I've done four episodes in the last six days, and uh, I, I've got to tell you, just super high quality episodes, in my humble opinion. Um, the next one I believe that will be aired is um, with an author, Dominic Scarcella, and 
you know, do, maybe do yourself some pre-homework and, and get his book, uh, Good Neighbor, Bad Citizen, uh, for next week's uh, episode. <clears throat> it's, uh, in my opinion, it's pretty deep, but also humorous. And, uh, you know, I, I probably talk about some of the things that I even brought up here with, with Roger, because I did record that episode with uh, Dominic ahead of time. Uh, so maybe some of that was fresh in my mind. I don't know. But uh, it's fun stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm on cloud nine. Also because I'm now one episode away from being done with um, my 2023 season of uh, the Jeff McAlino podcast. Uh, so getting geared up for January 8th uh, guests. So, you know, it's getting close to 2024, folks. Uh, also... Check out, uh, it's not up on YouTube yet, but it should be premiering December 5th is the date for the season one finale of the Dads and Drinks show. Uh, it'll be on YouTube. I hope you can join myself and Jeremiah Hensley in the live chat there and just have a good old time as we watch the animal tournament come to a conclusion, as well as season one. We've got huge changes and big things planned for season two, but uh, give us some Give us some love on our season one uh, finale episode. All right, boom, it's over. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You went just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yep. See you next week.